I'm Dean Blandino, and you're listening to Scoop FM. Hello and welcome to Scoop FM, the official podcast of Shad Dynasty League, the only league that counts. I'm your host, Dan Belinke, with an extremely exciting, very, very special offseason episode for you. The primers are in the books. You may or may not have listened. I think it's a lot of fun to maybe listen to those and then come back here and listen to where I'm going to mock. But, oh, spoiler alert, we're doing a three-round mock post-NFL draft, post-landing spot with no trades. No trades today, but 30 picks. Everybody's going to get a pick, except for Drewby Dooby Doo. Although, you know, if there were trades, maybe I'd have him trading in for his guy, Will Levis. That would be a thought, maybe on a future time. But if you've listened to the primers, kind of went through all the landing spots, said if I'm putting guys up or down based upon those. And here we're going to put it all together where I think Things are going to go in our 2023 draft. So let's kick it off. Nate at 101, is there any drama in this world? No. He will take Bijan running back for the Atlanta Falcons. It's still a no-brainer to me. He's just he's better than any quarterback in this draft. In my opinion, he's just the best. He's the best. And you're back up at four. So you can get a quarterback then if you want. No big deal. Okay. Dave is up at two. An interesting pick. An interesting pick. So Dave this year, now I know it was a bad year for Dave last year. It wasn't, wasn't the best, but he's got a reborn Rodgers on the Jets. And actually, he's just gained another quarterback because he's got Jordan Love waiting in the wings who's now at the wheel. Yeah, he's got Jared Goff on a great Lions team. And are we also forgetting that he has Kyler? Yes, yes. Somehow, Dave has... All of the, all of that juice, a lot more juice at quarterback than people might think. Um, I would be aware of trading down. I would be aware of trading down here and thinking, "Hey, I'm I look. I don't hate Gibbs here. I've said it. I don't hate Gibbs at 102. Dave is the perfect example of a team that does not need one of these quarterbacks. And do you really have much leverage if you tell Matt? hey, Matt, you want to trade up one spot with me? It's like, no, because I know you're not taking a quarterback, so go ahead and take a player you don't like, right? Um, Maybe you get something with Nate. Nate wants to come up and get a quarterback. But then could Matt fuck you and say, well, I know you want Gibbs. You clearly don't want a quarterback, so instead of taking quarterback two here, I'm going to take Gibbs at three, right? And now you're up at four. What are you going to do at four? And at five, I'm going to get quarterback two still. So that's not a good move. And then if you go down any further, you know, Devin or Bill, you're not getting Gibbs. You're not getting Gibbs. You won't get him. So beware of the trade down. And now people might say, this is crazy. You cannot take another running back here. You got to take one of these quarterbacks. I don't know if you guys realize this. So Dave traded for Najee this year, right? He got rid of Dalvin Cook and traded for Najee. He also traded Kamara to Drew. After doing that, Anybody want to anybody know who Dave's second running back is? You know, you got to start two every week, even if your two sucks. You have to start someone. Well, his running back two right now is Kyron Williams. Okay, you know, you might say, well, geez, that's his second best running back. Is that is that 
objectively true? Like who else is who else is a candidate? Who else is there? Well, I'll tell you this. Um, he's also got these are his next best, the really his only other running backs. Mark Ingram, Kenyon Drake, and Sony Michelle. Those guys don't even have teams. I don't think people realize how bad Dave is at running back. So honestly, the only thing the uh, I, I think this is Gibbs. This is Gibbs to me at two. Dave takes Jameer Gibbs of the running back of the Detroit Lions. If anything, if Nate wants a quarterback, if Nate wants a quarterback one, if he wants to take a quarterback, he wants he loves a guy, he wants to take him one overall. I say give Nate Jordan Love and flip up one pick and say, dude, you wanted to take a quarterback anyway. Here's two, and let me get Bijan. Dave needs a home run here. If he wants to compete this year, which I think he does with his slate of quarterbacks, I definitely think he does. He needs a home run. I would not hate at all trying to push for Bijan, and if not, taking Gibbs as a good consolation prize, like any good Lions cocksucker would, praying to God and thanking God and Campbell and Holmes that they took Jameer Gibbs, giving you an option at 102, which you did not have a couple weeks ago. Okay, a lot, but let's go to three. Matt is on the board. How about Anthony Richardson, quarterback of the Indianapolis Colts? When he traded Justin Herbert, he knew he was going to get a QB either at three or five or both. I would take a rich here. So would Matt. He needs a home run. He's got Pittman, so if there's any chemistry there, he's got a little stack. Um, and also, I just think, you know, Matt Matt knows the game. He's got Josh Allen is the stabilizing force. He has Jimmy G as a decent option. He knows the game. If Anthony Richardson even has one or two rushing seasons like we think he's capable of, it doesn't matter if he's not going to get a second contract or can never figure out passing or can have a completion percent above 60%. It does not matter. He could win you a year. He could win you a league. That's the kind of home run swing I think Matt will be taking here. I don't see him with a lot of incentive to go for a safe pick. Okay, at four, back up. Nate took Bijan at one. At four, he will take Stroud. It paid off. He got a quarterback, maybe the quarterback that he likes. This might be his quarterback one. We don't know. He may have taken him at one anyway. I love this for him. He could pair it with Dalton Schultz, his tight end. I think that's a very nice move. I think it's a safe move. And right now with Nate, who basically has Stafford, Baker, and nothing else, he might just, he needs that safety, right? Anthony Richardson might not be a great fit for him because of that. He just needs some stability at the position. Um, you know, and he's an Ohio State guy, so I'm taking Stroud. At number five, Matt is back on the board. This is a tough pick. Could he take Bryce Young? It's very, very possible. I just don't think, I think I get the idea of, oh, quarterbacks are always valuable. You can always flip them for something. But, you know, I think Drew proved to us, if you got Carr and Geno Smith playing well enough and you're loaded at skill players, you can win this league. And if you look at Matt's team, He's got a lot of running backs. He's got CMC. He's got Chubb. He's got Pacheco. He's got guys there to start. Where he's not loaded is receiver. I think, um, who's his best receiver? Michael Pittman, Terry McLaurin, Mike Williams. That's, that's the, that's the Mike, Mick, and Mike of mid. That's, that's mid, Mike, Mick, mid, mid, Mike, Mick, mid Williams, Mick Lauren, and mid Pittman. I mean, that's Mike, Michael Pittman. It's not good. They're not a top, top guy. So even though he'd say, I'd never draft a wide receiver high. Well, you know what? You're back on the board at 13. You're, 
probably going to miss out on the class of receivers that could really, really be number one potential type of guys. And despite what I said about him in the primer about landing spots, at five overall, let's have Matt taking Jackson Smith Najikba, wide receiver for the Seattle Seahawks. I think in a trade scenario, this is a trade down. I think Matt would, you know, love to be able to say, you know, come down a couple spots and gain something else or gain a veteran player. I think that's probably the move and what will happen. But in a no trade scenario, I don't hate going JSN here over, um, you know, running back three or quarterback three or Bryce Young, basically. Okay, Devin is on the board at six. He could risk rolling out the year with just Justin Fields, Russ, and Ritter. But you're not getting a quarterback at 10. You, well, you might get Levis, but I, I don't think you're going to get Bryce Young at 10. I just don't. I think if Bryce Young is there at 8, Nate probably double taps. So you got to take him here, or, or it's now or never with him. Um, I don't think that... I don't know. I probably personally wouldn't feel super confident saying, okay, I, I like Justin Fields. I don't know you know, long-term how it's going to work out, but I like him for this year. You know, Russ is getting some help, but... I don't know that he, Sean Payton's really going to have him slinging it. I think more of the focus is going to be about getting that under control and getting the offense more balanced, um, putting it more into a game manager mode. And Ritter is a question mark for me. I mean, are, are we going to be surprised if Heineke starts playing at any point this year? I'm not personally. I won't be surprised. So, yeah, I don't like. I don't hate Bryce Young here. He went first overall. You're getting him here at quarterback three. I know the size is an issue. But he was awesome at Alabama. He just was. He was with with their worst receiving room in a while after they got absolutely pillaged just with getting first-round picks pumped out year after year after year. He did not have that kind of cast, and he was still excellent. A little overrated and probably was a really overrated Heisman, if we're being fair, but still, that's my own prejudice. Okay, Devin's still up. Now at pick seven. This is tough. Devin is kind of meh. He's kind of mid at at RB. He doesn't have great running back talent, but he's got a lot of them. He's pretty deep there. He could absolutely go running back here, um, but in this draft, I don't know if there's a super clear running back three you want to tie your tie your stake to. Um, and I think we also know that outside of DK and AJ Brown. He doesn't really have much when it comes to receivers. We also know that he is a big Herbert guy, and I'm sure he would love a piece of Herbert's offense. I'm sure he would love a guy that has the potential to be his number one receiving option, has that alpha size, that alpha profile. So let's have him taking Quentin Johnson, wide receiver for the Los Angeles Chargers here. I know it's against philosophy. Again, I'd take a running back there. I would never take a receiver that high in the first round. Is that really the right mentality after we've seen Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson and time and time again these guys fall and say, well, I could have gotten him at 11 overall. It's like, okay, so was it smart to take Cam Akers at 7? Was it was that a good move? Because, oh, I, I'm glad I didn't take Jamar Chase at um, at 5 where I got Travis Etienne you know, or Kyle Pitts at 4. Like, I'm glad I didn't take Chase there because he was still available at 8. It's like, no, actually, I would have been a lot fucking happier if I just took him over Pitts or whoever, right? Whoever the fuck. So, yeah, I mean, people might 
might say, oh, this is never going to happen. You're not going to have these receivers go this high in this draft. But I look at it, hey, last year, some of the best picks were Wilson and Olave going four and five. Some of the best picks were George Pickens going nine, right? I mean, it doesn't matter if Christian Watson went 18 or 19, but sometimes you just got to say, hey, I just don't want my first round pick to completely bust. I want it to be a guy I know is going to start. Um, so yeah, I don't hate it. All right, at eight, Nate is back on the board. This is a tough one for Nate. He can go a lot of different directions. Definitely needs a little more running back depth. Um, you know, not actually not totally. You know, you got Kenneth Walker, obviously some uncertainty there with after how the draft plays out. Um, you have uh, Javante Williams coming off an injury, and you have uh, Bijan that you just drafted. You know, I think his wide receivers are a little weak, but if I look at his positions, you know, I think Levis is a potential candidate here, but it might be a little high for him. I don't know how Nate feels about his tight end group. I don't think Dalton Schultz is anything special. And yeah, he's got him paired with Stroud. That's nice, but it's a one-year deal. You don't know that there's going to be a connection there or anything worthwhile. And Dalton Kincaid is sitting right here. So I think Nate's going to play the gamble and say, at 11, I'm going to have my choice of a running back or Will Levis, and I'm going to take Kincaid here. A, a tight end that can make a massive difference for me and really give me some juice at that position. Okay, pick nine. Bill is up on the board for the first time. To me, his biggest needs are to go younger at running back and get a higher ceiling quarterback too. So younger at running back, tons of options here. Quarterback two, well, you're looking at Will Levis. I don't think Billy likes Will Levis. I just have an inkling. Um, and it can probably get by for another year without addressing running back. I know it's a dangerous game, but you look at it, hey, Mixon, Connor, there were thoughts, oh, they're going to get replaced in the draft. They're still there. You know, there's no worries there. And I think Bill is in the mode of, hey, let's just take the best player and have a solid flex option rather than reach on one of these running backs that didn't get the draft capital that you'd really hope for. So he takes the best player available, and he takes Jordan Addison at pick nine, wide receiver for the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, at pick 10, Devin is up, last pick of the first round. His gamble of waiting on running back took paid off because neither Nate or Bill in between him took a running back. So he gets to take running back three now, and he's going speed, 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 Devon A-chain, baby. I talked about this before the draft. Maybe we weren't talking enough about him in a, in a, in a supposedly deep running back class where, oh, they're all so good, and you really watch them and get to know them. You're like, no, they're all so just dudes that don't do anything special that if they get drafted to a good spot will potentially produce a bit except for the fact that Devon A. Chain had a secret superpower not a secret superpower a superpower a definable superpower a trait that not everyone had which is speed it's a perfect perfect combination with McDaniel's offense um, so I know Devin is a bit of a size freak but I think he's going to make the exception here because of the home run factor of Devon A. Chain. Okay, first pick of the second round, 11 overall, Nate back up on the board. Okay, he waited on running back two and, um, when he took Kincaid, and now he gets to take a running back here, and he's going to take Zach Charbonnet. Paid off pretty well. I like this on Nate's team probably more than any other team in this range because it's a hedge on Kenneth Walker. You know, I've done that in the past of saying, nope, 
you know, if I were Nate, I'd probably be stubborn and say, Kenneth Walker's my guy. Charbonnet sucks. He won't eat into him. I'm not going to take him. And then I pass on him. And this happened to me with receivers time and time again, where then it turns out, no, Charbonnet's the dude. And I wish I would have just took him because then I'd still have a piece of that offense's backfield, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I, so I think I like this for him more than I would like it for anyone else. It makes perfect sense to me. Um, another consideration was for Levis. And if it wasn't for the fact that he had Kenneth Walker, I think he maybe goes Levis here and double taps quarterback, um, in the, in the top, in his top four picks here, cause he already got CJ Stroud, but instead I think he likes to pair the two of them. And if Levis isn't starting this year, why are you going to force it? You have two firsts next year. You have mine and your own with a chance to get that other quarterback. If Levis isn't going to start for the entire year, I mean, you take him here now, why? You could take a quarterback with one of your first next year, and you know they're going to start the same time as Levis, potentially a better prospect and a better situation. So, yeah, that's that, that was basically the tiebreaker for me. Okay, I'm now up at pick 12. Um, I'll take Zay Flowers, wide receiver for the Baltimore Ravens, please. I've talked about how I like Zay Flowers. I have concerns with his arm length, um, I especially because Lamar tends to throw it a bit off target, so I don't think that's necessarily a perfect pairing, but I love his tape. Um, I think he has a chance to be very exciting. He brings something completely different that not only don't the Ravens have right now, I don't think the Ravens have had in Lamar's career with them. So I think there's a lot of potential here for some fun. Um, and to get a, a first-round receiver at pick 12, there was another time where I might have said, oh, I could get a receiver later, but you know, I'm in the mode of let's just get good players that we think can play. Okay, at pick 13, oh, you knew he would do it. That, that oh, that mean old bastard. Matt's back up at pick 13, and he's going to break anybody's heart. He's going to take Will Levis. Of course, he can't resist. He probably needs another receiver. There are a couple decent options, some, some nice spots from some of these second-round receivers, but he can't resist taking another quarterback. It's just his thing. Um, and he knows that if, if this pays off, it will, if this hits, it will pay off way higher than a receiver in this range, most likely. Now that all the first round receivers are gone, um, the rest of the guys, we just have a little more question marks about, and maybe he can flip him straight up for Justin Jefferson to Drew. If, you know, if, uh, I'm kidding, but you know what I mean? It, it could be worth a lot. Okay. Devin's up at 14. One of the worst kept secrets in this draft is that Devin loves this guy. I'm going to have him taking him at 14, even though he's a fourth run round running back. And yes, it's Roshan Johnson pairs up fields with his new backfield member. I think that's going to be very exciting for him. I wouldn't be surprised if this was in consideration for Devin at 10 over a chain, um, I've got extensive thoughts on Roshan Johnson, my complicated history with him, the back and forth. That is available in the primer. If you've heard it, you're caught up to speed. If not, you can listen to that whenever. Um, and he goes ahead of a few running backs that went ahead of him in the regular draft, but I'm just trying to pair the player to the uh, person in our league. I don't know. The player to the team. You know what I mean. It's a preference thing. Okay, Bob's up at 15. So, I don't know if you've ever looked at this. Bob has um, Travis Etienne and James Cook. Have you ever looked beyond those two? He's barren. Bob is barren. The bo- the Baron. Bob's a Baron. Baron Bob. He's got Michael Carter and Kareem Hunt. We need a little more at the position here. We just do. 
Uh, let's take Kendra Miller running back for the New Orleans Saints. I like that spot. Sure, he could have taken Tank Bigsby as kind of a hedge on ETM, but I think if you're in Bob's spot, you got limited draft capital. You're not looking for a hedge or a handcuff, right? You're looking to say ETN is a starter. I'm getting another starter. Two guys I can start at the same time. Okay, at pick 16, Bill is back on the board. Billy went. Uh, Jordan Addison, instead of going a running back in the first round and a running back is available to him right here, it's Tajay Spears. I mentioned needing some youth at the position. This is an exciting player, had an amazing final year at Tulane. The bowl game is some of the best running backing that you'll see in quite a while. It's one of the best running backing performance of the 2022 college football season. The problem is the, the, the plan, like... This is going to be very unlikely, unless Derrick Henry is not on this team in the future, that this team never uses two running backs at once. Um, doesn't really totally feel like a Vrabel type of pick either, which is kind of confusing. Um, and the medicals. I mean, it's he doesn't have an ACL. He doesn't have one. I'm not, I'm not fucking that up. And No, he legitimately does not have one after injuring it so often. But if the Titans' doctors told them, it was good to take him in the third round, then maybe it's good. Maybe it's not a worry, but that's why he's here at 16. Okay, at 17, Dave is up on the board. I already talked about his desperation for running back. It's pretty bad, so he's going to take Tank Bigsby. Yeah, it's it's a committee back. It's a handcuff. It's not super exciting, but Dave is okay enough at receiver. He's got enough going on there. He's got to get this running back situation uh, figured out, and after this, there's just not a lot of guys with draft capital that, that would make you feel comfortable in taking them. So at 17, he'll take Tank Bigsby, running back for the Jacksonville Jaguars. At 18, Nate is back on the board. Ooh, he got a little bit hosed by taking Dalton Kincaid there. Now maybe if he if he let him go, Billy swipes him up at 9, and it doesn't really matter. This is a moot point. But I think what, what Nate was anticipating with that pick at 8 that I made him make in my mock, so it's more like what I was anticipating, but I also saw the mock, so I wasn't really anticipating like I knew it was going to happen but it did happen um the point is is that I think that you know there was a thought that this second round we're going to see tight ends fly off the board but you know everybody's got to get their running backs in people like the receivers in that range so it didn't quite happen kind of stinks he took Kincaid high you still got every single other tight end on the board here but I don't feel like it was a reach and I do feel like Nate needs another option at quarterback. And again, why I said don't go Will Levis up there is, hey, you're passing on a, you know, a solidifying a backfield when you take Will Levis, you know, you're going to pass on that situation if you take Will Levis over Charbonnet. And Will Levis probably isn't going to start this year anyway, so what good is that when you have two first-round picks next year? But in this range, I feel totally good about Nate taking Hendon Hooker at pick 18. Okay. We know he's probably not going to um, play this year either, but it gives Nate more of a... I mean, imagine if he's in line to play and Stroud hits and maybe Stafford has another year or Baker has it, right? Like, this is going to... Having this and having this figured out is going to give him a little more flexibility in 2024 where he'll be able to say, oh, great, I can use my top pick on Marvin Harrison because I'm okay with waiting on quarterback or not taking one at all. Okay, I'm up with back-to-back picks to end the second round. Pick 19 overall, I will take... I've made this mistake so many times. Anytime a new receiver comes into a room where I'm already invested in, I pass on him. I didn't take DK because I had Tyler Lockett. I traded down and let Devin take him. I I 
I traded for Ayuk because I liked him a little more than Debo that year, and Debo was hurt. So then I said, I can't have two people in the same room, so I'm going to trade Debo, and that probably lost me a championship. Um, you know, I've I didn't even consider Chase because I said, well, I got Higgins, so I'm just rolling with Higgins, and that probably lost me another two championships. Yeah, I mean, the point is, I've made this mistake over and over and over. And even though I love Christian Watson, I think he's great. I'm taking Jaden Reed here, wide receiver for the uh, Green Bay Packers. We don't know if he's going to be good or Jordan Love's going to be good or anybody's going to be worth a damn on this team. But I don't care. When I'm at pick 19, I'm going to make sure that I'm in this room, that I've got a guy. And if one of them is a surefire thing, I've got him. I've got him. Okay, at pick 20, the final pick in the second round. I'm back up. I'm going to take Jonathan Mingo, Mr. Mingo, I presume. Okay, these two guys, these are my guys, my lovely guys, my guys, my lovely guys, these two. Why is that? Because the Steelers only brought five wide receivers in for visits this year. These were two of them. I thought they'd be available later. I mentioned this in the primer. I thought the Steelers could take one of them. They were both at the Senior Bowl. They were both top five receivers there looking good. Um, If they're good enough for the Steelers, they're good enough for me. I'm not totally sold on Mingo. I'm not sold on a guy that never had more than 700 yards in college. Like That's really fucking weird to get drafted at the top of the second round and to have never done that. That's like kind of a usually like a minimum requirement for a guy drafted that high, but he's got great size and I love the fit and the landing spot if he can put it together with Bryce Young in Carolina. Okay, to begin the third round at pick 21, Bob is back on the board. Bob is so deep at wide receiver, I cannot consider one here. It just if you actually go through his list, he like his his team, he has probably seven startable wide receivers. And I'm not saying everyone's great. You know, you got a nice say a McKenzie at the end, but these are guys you can start in a pinch. He's got so many it would feel almost irresponsible to take one here. There's not really an RB that wouldn't be a reach. So, yes, he has pits, but let's add to that room with a guy that I think he will love and is his style. That's Michael Mayer, tight end for the Las Vegas Raiders. He got Pitts at a decent little discount from me, giving me Dallas Goddard. There's still some questions about how that's going to look. I don't think it's a bad thing to round out your tight end room, take a guy that you know the team traded up for that a lot of people loved in this draft, thought he was you know the best tight end in the draft. Um, I think it's great. I think it gives you value and flexibility going forward. Okay, I'm back up at 22, and Sam Laporta, tight end for the Detroit Lions. Step on down. Yes, I have Goddard and Daltage. Yes, I love stacking up tight ends with promise at this area of the draft. This is the this I love to do this because this range, you know, you're you're really kind of running out of receivers that are worth drafting. You're taking super flyers on running backs here. I like taking the tight ends. If one of these guys hits, it's always a valuable trade piece. And I like having multiple tight ends. I like saying, hey, I have three guys I like. So if I need to get a deal over the over the over the edge, they need a little sweetener. I know I can give up one of my tight ends. And just lion cocksuckers unite. Unite. Do it. Okay, at pick 23, Nick Young is on the board for the first time in this mock um, and seemingly in the first time in years. And you better fucking come this year. There's going to be problems. I'm just kidding. I know you got engaged last time, so congrats on that. Um, Nick will take Rasheed Rice. Yes, he's going to fall for it. He needs a bit of everything, but he's going to take the receiver that Mahomes personally handpicked so far. 
personally handpicked, just like he did with, uh, who was the last guy he did that with? Uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Ugh, and his ugly wife. I mean, seriously. The thing is this. Is this another Sky Moore? Is it another Tony? Is it another Justin Watson? Is it another Juju? Is it another one of these million wide receivers that we're supposed to fall for and say, oh no, this one's going to be different. This one's going to be different. This is the new receiver for the Chiefs. It's really going to matter. It never happens, but hey, at this point in the draft, I don't hate it. I totally get it, and I don't think it's a bad thing, but I will not be falling for it. Okay, at pick 24, Bob is up. I'm sick over the idea of him taking another wide receiver. I really am. I think he's got too many on his team, but maybe he could move a few and make an exception because he takes the Browns' new man, Cedric Tillman, wide receiver. Uh, and, you know, maybe he just, you know, he's got a lot of excess wide receivers. I know, um, you know, Drew's kind of thin there. I think I maybe just made a perfect trade. I think I maybe just made a trade. You know, give a little bit of that depth over to Drew for something in return, and you keep Cedric Tillman as your guy, maybe the wide receiver too for Mr. Deshaun Pedophile Watson. Uh, Just kidding, he's not a pedophile. He's just a sex pest. Okay, pick 25, Matt is on the board. We'll have him taking Marvin Mims, wide receiver for the Denver Broncos. I know Matt likes him. I know that. He's not leaving this draft today with a running back. And I know it's like, ah, would he really do that? But he reloads a quarterback. He's got upside, right? He went Richardson and Levis. That's upside, upside. Okay, he's playing for championships. And I'm telling you, you look at that receiver room, it's just he does not have a lot of top-end talent. Does not have a lot of top-end talent. And he's pretty deep at running back. So I think if he's trying to round out his roster, make the most complete, um, you know, championship-bound roster, this would be the move. Um, and Marvin Mims, I've talked about him before. It's on the primer. I'm not getting that into it this deep in the draft. At 26, Devin's up. We're going to have him taking Michael Wilson, wide receiver for the Arizona Cardinals. He has that size that Devin would like. It's a nice little hedge against Marquise Brown, who he also has. And we're, we're, we're thinking this guy could be playing with Caleb Williams next year, right? I mean, is it is it too bad to kind of think a year ahead of time and, and think about that? I don't I don't I don't think so. I don't hate that. Um, okay, so at pick twenty seven, Nikki Balone is up for the first time in this draft, and we will have him taking Israel Abanakanda. This is a perfect, perfect, perfect hedge for someone with Brees Hall. I think I've talked about this before. It's not a pick I would love to make if it were me, because it's like, look, if I'm taking a rookie running back, I want to take a guy I think is going to take over the backfield heading into the playoffs. So I know I have another option. My team's thin with injuries. I know he's just heating up and he could go bonkers. I don't want a guy that's going to come in and fill for a better, more talented, more highly drafted um, guy on a rookie contract who's coming off an injury and fill in for the first five weeks and then get phased out. I don't. But if I'm Nikki and I want to make sure that I'm competitive in the weeks that I don't have Brees Hall and I've got a pretty thin RB room, I want Israel Abanacanda. So I like this pick a lot for him. At pick 28, Bill is up. I will have him taking Jalen Hyatt. It's just about flex players this draft for Billy. He's okay with rolling with Kirk Cousins and Mac Jones despite their limited ceilings as his quarterback, too, to pair with Patrick Mahomes. The rest, he's going the Drew model. You get a, you have Patrick Mahomes. You could basically have me playing as quarterback, too, and you'll probably be okay. Um, but he's playing the Drew model. Let's just get more flexes. Let's load up. Let's take Jalen Hyatt. He's got a defined skill set on a team that needs that skill. Um, And Daniel Jones likes throwing it deep. Could be a nice connection there. At pick 29, Devin 
surprise move here, taking Darius Davis, wide receiver for the Los Angeles Chargers. That's a weird pick, Devin. Why would you do that? Now, he could have gone Luke Musgrave because Kittle is kind of getting old, and we've seen less and less big games from him with a crowded pass-catching room that only seemingly gets more and more crowded with each passing year. But how about the other Chargers receiver that was, that they drafted this year, just in case Herbert thinks he's cuter than Quentin Johnson and starts liking him more? I think it's a nice little hedge for Devin at this late in the draft, and a draft where he's already made a lot of picks. Okay, to end the draft, the three-round mock at pick 30, we're back on the clock with David Wiley. And who in the living fuck is David Wiley going to take at this point? Well, folks... Don't write this one in pencil. Don't write this one in crayon. Write it in pen. No, write it in Sharpie. No, carve it in stone. No, carve it into the roof of your house. Spray paint it on your windows. Get a tattoo of it on your chest. Dave at pick 30 is taking Stetson Bennett, quarterback for the Los Angeles Rams. Boom. This one's a given. I'm not even going into any more detail. Yeah, that was a banger. Okay, so just a little recap for you. I'll do it by team because I guess that's what you guys like the most. I think that tends to make the most sense, get the most eyeballs. So, Nate leaves his draft with Bijan. Sorry, Nate leaves his draft at 1 with Bijan, 4 Stroud, 8 Kincaid, 11 Charbonnet, 18 Hunden Hooker. Hunden Hooker. Hunden Hooker. Um, Dave at two takes Jameer Gibbs at 17, Tank Bigsby and 30, Stetson Bennett. Matt at three takes Anthony Richardson at five takes Jackson Smith, the Jigba 13, Will Levis and 25 Marvin Mims. Devin at six takes Bryce Young, seven, Quentin Johnston, 10, Devon A. Chain, 14, Roshan Johnson, 26, Michael Wilson, 29, Darius Davis. Billy, 9, takes Addison, 16, Tajay Spears, 28, Jalen Hyatt. Myself, Dan, at 12, takes Zay Flowers, 19, Jaden Reed, 20, Jonathan, Mr. Mingo, I presume, 22, Sam Laporta. Bob, 15, Kendra Miller, 21, Michael Mayer, 24, Cedric Tillman. Nick Young at 23 takes Rashi Rice, and Nikki Ballone at 27 takes Israel Abanacanda. And Drew takes a couple shots at Crown while all the rest of that goes on and just hangs out and enjoys some quality time with his trophy. Well, that was a blast. I hope you enjoyed it. Hope you enjoyed the primers. I'm sure you didn't listen to them and you skipped right to this, and I don't blame you because that was fun as fuck. All right, it's the last time you're probably going to hear from me until after the summer, maybe just early August, just before the draft. Maybe we'll do another one with trades, but this was a lot of fun. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.